Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I am your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 30. We made it, guys. Three decades. Just kidding. But still, 30 episodes is uh, its crazy. I'm so excited that uh, it's this far and then I still have more recorded to be released. Um, I don't know how many more I can do after that. I will see how this self-isolation quarantine situation goes. Crazy, crazy stuff um, It's happening right now. I can talk more about that at the end of the episode, but I want to make sure that we jump right in because this week is very exciting. Um, this is my friend Leslie Bailey, and Leslie founded a company called Indie Maven in Indianapolis. And uh, before we started recording, we actually were talking about uh, her living in LA, and we like just missed each other and moved there knowing the same people that were already out there. Um, our paths like constantly crisscrossed, but we, we never met until, uh, this interview, which we discussed a little bit, but it's just, it's just crazy. The people in your life that are like always there. And then you just never, uh, you never know them. And I'm glad that I got to know her. So check out this interview. Super, just amazing person, entrepreneur, um, writer, creator, editor, um, amazing. This is my interview with Leslie. But hi, thank you. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this is actually unique because you're the first person. Technically, we're Facebook friends now. Yeah. <laughs> but you would be the first person I would interview that I wasn't originally. I broke your rules. Yeah, son of a bitch. But there, we are now, so. Yeah. I guess that's not entirely true. I'm lying to myself. Um, there's a couple of people that deleted their Facebook and are only on Instagram. Oh, okay. <laughs> but well. I've known them for years. Yeah. So whatever. Same thing. Um, but hi, thank hi. you. Hi, yeah. Um, Typically, I start with how I know you, so I'm going to brush past that, <laughs> which is crazy that we have so many people in common in our in our past, yeah. and that you were in L.A. What years were you in L.A.? Well, I graduated in 2002, and we, I think, went that, like... That summer? That Or, like, that winter. I yeah. feel like it was winter when we but left. But you weren't so. there long. No. A, um, a day. <laughs> yeah, no. A little bit longer than that, but I called my on and off again boyfriend at the time and was like come get me people yeah. in LA are crazy I, I don't want to do this I did that with my now wife when I moved to Nashville because my I moved to Nashville I was there for six weeks maybe I went there I transferred my job there uh, I was waiting tables don't it's not <laughs> exciting I transferred to the same restaurant but uh my car broke two weeks after I got there and then they stopped putting me on the schedule. And then I was like, what am I doing can here? you come get me? <laughs> well, I think that, you know, most people move to L.A. with like like career, like aspirations, yeah. or goals in mind, yeah. or I don't know, even to like go to school. And I was like, I like the beach. So <laughs> I mean, I just, it's like not a good a, plan. It's a good reason. <laughs> but it's a good, like, that's the time to do it when yeah. you're 18, right? And yeah, I had nothing for sure. better to do. And Made so many mistakes. You know, I'm glad time. I did it. It was, it was a trip, but yeah. it. It I took me I went back to Michigan kind of then was like okay now I realize why it's good to have like some sort of a life plan yeah. ish <laughs> so that that was a good, that was a good move on my part yeah um, I want to go back in time though mm-hmm. so you're born <laughs> do you have any siblings I have a brother is he older or younger he's 18 months younger than me okay. and he now lives not far from me here oh that's in cool. Indianapolis yeah. So, were you born in Michigan? I was born in Connecticut. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. New, throw a new state <laughs> into know, the I know, I know. In Bridgeport, Connecticut, which I hear is not maybe the nicest place. Yeah, where I don't know John Mayer was from, I think. Really? I know Why weird things. You, know, you do know weird things. <laughs> um, moved to Michigan when I was two. My okay. mom was originally from there. My dad's from England. And he oh. worked in racing and... Uh, yeah, I had a job offer in Michigan. When did your dad come to the States, um, as they say? In the late 70s, okay. I think, for permanently. Does he still have an um, accent? He does, is yeah. It, has it been entertaining your it's entire pretty, life? <laughs> I don't really even okay. hear it anymore, but, yeah. um, I mean, sometimes. Like, I definitely throw out the word bloody now and then, and, <laughs> like, I've picked up a few things here and there, but I, I don't know. He's It's kind of miraculous how thick it still is. I, I don't think he's trying to do it's it. It's really funny because you said your dad's in racing. Mm-hmm. It's very, I can't, when I think of like NASCAR or indie yeah. racing, I do not think of a British accent. It's really thrilling. Well, you got to think of loop. more like the Formula One European side okay, of racing. Okay, that's fair. Right? Like but the, even then, I think. Uh, of like 
the French guy. Yeah, yeah, from... yeah. Thank you. You knew exactly where I was at. Talladega <laughs> yeah. Nights. Talladega right? Nights. Yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's actually, yeah, my I did I, my husband. It turns out this is weird. Like my husband's family also worked in racing. His okay. parents owned a race team. So Coincidentally, yeah, kind of. Okay. And like through this, so when it was time to introduce our parents, it yeah. was like they already knew each other, and his mom's English. So I'm surrounded by Brits. That's rare, I'm sure. Yeah, That's he crazy. and my husband actually was born there too. He oh. moved here when he was 14, but he lost his accent because apparently moving yeah, as a child to like Ohio oh. with as a 14 year old with an English accent. I was like you. That'd be great for girls, but apparently <laughs> you get beat up so for much. that. Yeah. Yeah. Ohio's not as progressive as some I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you, you don't remember being in Connecticut, I'm guessing. Nope. Yeah. Two years Do-na. old. <laughs> uh, so what's, what's life growing up in Michigan like? Uh, I loved it. Yeah. I, Clarkston is adorable <laughs> to this day. I think it's like the cutest little place. It's a quaint little town. But I also love that we were close enough to Detroit to like, you yeah. know go to cool museums and have other like cultural experiences and probably you know probably got me in a little bit of trouble being that close but like overall where let's branch off on that for a second just like what did you what did you do as a i guess not a kid but i'm guessing this is more teenage years oh i was i was all over the place Uh honestly like (laughs) i was not the person that was with any one particular i would it was me and my best friend, Lindsay, all the time. And then I would just sort of hop around different friend groups. Like, I had my friends growing up that were maybe more kind of into the the sports and the, I don't know, Abercrombie. That's from yeah. my age, right? <laughs> like, Good old Abercrombie. That whole, you know, crew. <laughs> and then I very much would bounce around and, yeah. you know... Just all different groups of people. I have friends that remember, like, I, the you know, experimenting with my, like, blue lipstick phase and <laughs> a lot of interesting clothing choices. Listen wearing my brother's Jinkos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I just wanted to try it all, you know? It's, it's, anyway, jumping back. Yeah. Um, but childhood, pretty unremarkable. How'd you and your brother get along? No, my brother and I got along well. So my whole, like, shtick story defining yeah. what made you, my... Dad, both of my parents, basically, one or the other had cancer and was sick my entire oh my life. God. So my dad got prostate cancer when I was in, like, kindergarten. Jeez. And then he recovered from that. And then my mom got stage four lung cancer a few years later. So I was in, like, third, fourth grade around that time. Wow. Um, she, and, like, stage four, they're like, there's a priest. It was yeah. not looking good. And they removed her lung. And then she just, like, kept progressing and improving and got better and better and better. And then a few years later, it metastasized to her brain. So then she had brain cancer. And then had brain surgery and had those tumors removed. And then a couple of years later, my dad was, like, loosely diagnosed with lung cancer. They had tumors on his lungs. They got in and found that it was actually silicone was not tumors it was okay. like but like we went through the experience of like yeah, oh yeah. some cancer again cool we've done this now Jesus. several times so um like i can't exactly remember what the survival rates are but for my mom's cancer and yeah. the type that she had and when she had it and she ended up living 25 more years so wow. she was for sure like a medical miracle oh, wow and um then she passed away when i was pregnant I'm now pregnant currently, but she passed away when I was pregnant the first time. Thank you. Uh, like two, three years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. Three years ago. Three years ago. Yeah. No, it's fine. That's, I mean, she, I, I it was, it was like obviously awful and yeah. like losing your mom when you're about to become a mom is, I, yeah, I, can't I just that. like not, it was awful. But that being said, I also got to have her like 25 Way more years than, than yeah. I was quote unquote, you know, supposed to. Yeah. So. Um, but that kind of like defined my, I had to figure, we didn't have like, I have to say like our support system was our, you know, like my brother's soccer team yeah. and parents picking us up from school and like other, other people's parents, meaning yeah. like jumping in, we didn't have family around cause my dad's from England. So that eliminated that side of the family yeah. and my mom's relationship with her family was pretty tumultuous. So I learned like. I just became very self-sufficient really early yeah. on. And Did you feel like you kind of had to take care of your brother? Uh, yes. So I was definitely like bossy older sister in <laughs> yeah. charge that just was exacerbated by like not really having yeah. another option. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I filled that role well. And, um, 
but it also like I just I it taught me so much independence. So early. I mean, my parents were were there for sure when they yeah. could be, and they were taught me a ton of things. But I also feel like they just taught me to be self sufficient to begin with. And I don't know if that I was out now in hindsight out of necessity because it's yeah. like, well, they wanted to prepare me or or what, or if it was just, you know, the circumstances. So. Yeah. Um, I just, and you know, but then to that end, like they did not, they were not helicopter parents. And so I, you know, it allowed me to, well, I'm sure when you, I imagine I could be projecting, but um, (laughs) I imagine like when you did get little bouts of freedom that you would take full advantage of them. Well, and once my brother, once we were old enough to like take care of us, I mean, the second I could drive, it was like. Yeah, I'm good. I'm done. I moved out of my house when I was 18. I actually just moved to an apartment down the street, essentially. Yeah, I moved into Fox Creek. Okay, yeah, Uh, Head Lakes. Uh, Okay, yeah. (laughs) And um, that was, like, the best thing I could have done because my mom and I actually didn't have a great relationship when I was growing up. And, like, I moved out of the house, and, like, the next day our relationship improved. It was amazing. We just were not. Was that, do you think that was like any resentment there? Like, I I imagine as a a child, not like fully understanding what's going on, there's there's probably some like, no, like, you know, be my mom. Yeah, I don't don't know. Yeah, for sure. There was definitely some resentment. And also, like, she coughed all the time, like, just from the lung cancer. So, like, it would just drive me nuts. I was like, stop coughing, you know, Mm -hmm. it was not her fault. But, or like, she didn't have hair for a long time. And my mom was also just unique anyway. My mom was the mom that was like throwing manure in the back of our van. And other moms were like getting manicures. And my mom was a hairdresser and very much kept her nails beautiful and red and long. But But like, when you need manure, (laughs) but also, yeah, which is probably what also, you know, she's a role model and taught me to do those things. But all that to be said, it was a little bit like, you can't come in and out as my mom right yeah, yeah. and like also i got you i learned how to be independent yeah and i yeah. learned how to be independent from her so i was like don't we just i don't know it was yeah. two two strong-willed people clash and <laughs> yeah. it was like the second i moved out i needed it. so i was calling her like how do i make this how do i cook this how do i do this yeah. and it made our relationship good and it's unfortunate like happy to say from that point forward we had a great relationship yeah. so and that's i mean that's a miracle that she got through yeah. Those both. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Both That's... of my parents were pretty. And I mean, and like, I love too. her approach was like laughter was the best medicine. Obviously she had, she never had chemo any of the times. Neither of them did oh, wow. shed radiation, but my dad would take, they would go to the Holly hotel yeah. and like go to comedy night. And that was like her therapy or she, nice. they would bring funny movies to the hospital and like laughed. Like she was all about being just positive. And yeah. I interviewed her when I was in college once. I was like, how did you do that? How did you, like, she's like, because really it was, so much of it was mental. I really oh, yeah. believe that for her. She was just so, and not that there, I mean, there are people who are so positive and it doesn't end well, but I think that that had a lot to do with it for yeah. her. Like she never came in. And when I did this interview with her, I'm like, I mean, what, how did you do that? And she's like, oh, I had two kids. Dying wasn't an option. <laughs> and like, that was it. And I was just like, wow, that is okay. She was like, yeah, no, I, I had two kids at That's home. That's a role that model statement not, right there. That yeah. was not happening. <laughs> I'm just like, wow, that is... And now as a mom, I'm like, yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, for sure. That's that's nuts. Yeah. Well, that's... I mean, I'm glad you had time with her. Yeah. Um, uh, what's your relationship like with your dad during, <clears throat> during all that growing up? Good. I was like the daddy's girl, and <laughs> we did our back-to-school shop. And that may have been it, too. I think it was like, I, want, I didn't do back-to-school shopping with my mom. I did it with my dad. Yeah. I wanted to do everything with my dad, but because my dad was traveling all the time, he got to be like the good guy and yeah. so he was not the disciplinarian he got to go out of town come back and kids are excited to see you and they've made signs for you and it's daddy and you're the yeah. best and you're the greatest and mommy yelled at me all week and she made me do things <laughs> and like now as a mom with a husband who travels all the time i'm like mother you know <laughs> you that is i know and i'm like i should have given you know even he too i think my my dad watching me as a mom has said like I think it has made him realize how much my mom did and how incredible she was. Yeah. Like, seriously, like, I think he is in more awe of her now than ever. And is like, I don't know how she did it. And it does suck because I can't ask her those things. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. She had two babies in Connecticut and didn't know anybody. And, like, that's hard. Being a new mom and not having anybody around yeah. to help is, like, not easy. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I ask him stuff, and he's like, actually, I don't know. I don't know how she did it. She just figured it out. Yeah. Did that ever put any 
strain on their relationship that you guys saw. Oh, yeah. I for uh-huh. sure remember her being like real bitter. Like, <laughs> wow, yeah, you get to come in and be yeah. the, the cool, fun dad. And I had to, yeah. you know, be the boss all week and be in charge. And, you know, and that I could tell that was like an ongoing yeah. issue. It's funny the couple things. I mean, you mentioned it a couple times already, but it always it always comes up on the show is the perspective change we get <laughs> when we like reach our parents' age and kind of like, especially if you have kids and you're like, oh shit, you were dealing with this. Yeah, we <laughs> all like, have to apologize to our parents. <laughs> like, yeah. well, and then it was fun when I moved to Indianapolis. It, my dad was living so somewhere. Gosh, I was in like middle school. My dad started working in Indianapolis during the week and then going back to Michigan on the weekends. Oof. So he would just fly back and forth. Yeah. And I think that actually was very good for my parents' relationship. Like, I think that they stayed married because yeah. they were able it to... Is, it is great. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm no. taking your story. But, uh, no, I, I mean... You get to have your time, it, right? Between, like... Because I'm home July to right. December, or July through December. And then me and my wife will both be, like, towards the end of that, and be like, so your travel's starting again yeah. soon, right? Because <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, she has her time alone at home, and, like... Uh-huh. Why do I ever watch this or garbage TV stuff? Yeah, like you just get to have that special yeah. time to I mean, yourself. It's, what is it? Absence makes the heart grow. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's a uh, it's funny how like when I got this job, it was a concern of ours, and now it's just kind of like it's part of our it's life, and it like works out. You fit, you <laughs> just you do right, like yeah. everything you figure it out. But yeah. it worked out for me too. So my dad was like, okay, I I, I knew I needed to finish school somewhere at some point. Yeah. I'd just been taking my time and. Um, he's like, why don't you come down here? I was going to community college in Michigan. He's like, you can come to Indy, you can live with me. And then it was cool. So like my dad and I would hang out during the week. And then on the weekends I'd have this like sick condo downtown in Indy to myself. And then eventually I bought, I, I did not buy it. My dad bought <laughs> the condo next in the building, like next door. So we had like matching little condo oh, units funny. and suddenly we were next door neighbors. And then when uh, he retired ish, he's never really retired, but when he left the job he was at, um, I sold that. We, I sold, I actually Again. did get something out of that one. <laughs> that, that deal worked out better for me than it did him, but moved back into his place. And it, so it was fun. I got like a lot of, probably quality time and with my dad over those couple of years yeah. that I didn't get when we were growing up and that's that good my, yeah and what how old were you when your mom passed as you said a few years what? ago I don't or know how old am I now three years ago 30 34 and your mom stayed in Michigan mm-hmm. okay. yeah she stayed in the house I grew up in so well I guess I'll try I'll try to stay on a timeline yeah. and I'll have less questions anyway okay <laughs> <laughs> um so you graduate high school mm-hmm. you move out Hermosa um, Beach. You come back. I came back. And then you just, is that when you start going to community college and are you just living uh, in an apartment? Like what's, what's life like before? Cause how long have you been in Indianapolis? I'm so bad at years. Like, yeah. uh, so 2000 and I'm so cautious. Like about 15 high. years. Okay. Oh, you've been here for 15 Maybe, years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that you, you were essentially following four, timeline. 14 so, years. Yeah. So after you weren't in Michigan very long before you came here. No, maybe okay. I didn't, I didn't even finish my lease in Michigan. Okay. Um, I sublet it to like a buddy of my brother's actually, he was my roommate for a little bit. And then I was like, I'm, I gotta get out of Michigan. Like <laughs> I, I was just, I felt like I was back where I started and, yeah. and that was okay. And I, I actually went back to my, my job. Larry Barnett, I worked at his law firm for from the time I was like 15 and yeah. then left and then went back. I probably left and went back to that job like six different times. I mean, good to have a job like that. I love, I love that job. To this, I saw him recently and was like, to this day, this is one of my, it was like my favorite job. Yeah. I love working. He came to my wedding, nice. <laughs> actually, nice. in Key West. So, um, yeah, I, I, but I was also like, okay, like I, I just need to. So I think I had started community college before we moved to LA. So I'd had some credits. Then mm-hmm. I came back and was, I, I think it was OCC. And I was like, okay, I'll just keep doing that till yeah. I figure something out. But then I was like, I just, I just need to do something. And I think I, I knew that after going to LA that I needed to be somewhere new. Yeah. Um, so Indy that. seemed like a safe bet cause it wasn't too far. And I still have, cause I, like I had friends that were not at that point, they were getting ready to graduate, but I always yeah. worked full time. So just by choice, I just liked working yeah. and, 
I was taking my time and sometimes I would do classes, sometimes I wouldn't, and, or I'd do one or I'd do four. It was all over the place, yeah. but I still had some friends that were at IU, so that seemed like safe Come too. I would yeah. know people. and um, So yeah, I moved down here with the plan of like then going somewhere else after I graduated, but I started working and getting job offers before I even graduated college, so then I was like, well... What field... So I was a communications major. I graduated from IUPUI eventually. But when I was still in school, I met some guys on the street in Broad Ripple, which is a big bar area here. And one of them, like, we got to know each other. And one was like, you should write about, like, you're out all the time. And, like, you're always doing really interesting things and meeting interesting people. And yeah. you, you should write about that. You should, you should blog about that. And I was like, what is a blog? Yeah, I loved that it. I was hoping like, that question yeah. was coming. What's a blog? What's a blog? I, re- dis- I remember distinctly being like, is this something I should know about? And I was like, oh, Is this like live journal? Yeah. <laughs> right. I was like, I like, I like writing. I've always journaled. And yeah. that sounds fun. And so he I started I started just writing it was called the adventures of Lesselina because okay. that was my girlfriend's nickname for me at the time still is I guess <laughs> um I have a customized purse with it nice I, but that was like my so I just I didn't know anyone was gonna read it so I just called it that right like it was like what I was doing so I would just yeah. write about where you know a party I was going to or the, an event like it was like a big time in indie. Like all these nightclubs were opening and racing was the yeah. scene was huge. And there was just tons going on. And I was 22 and like a nightlife kid. So yeah. <laughs> I started writing about it. And then the, he was like, hey, you should write about it for this publication that I work at called Metro Mix. So Metro Mix was like across the country. But like these, the free yeah. red, there was like red newspaper stands. Yeah, yeah. It was the free like what's it's going like on Metro in Times, town. Yeah, in yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> And so he was like, well, we have, you could start blogging online for us. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he's like, yeah, and we'll pay you. I was like, money? Like, you're going to give me money to do this? And it was like $25 a blog post or yeah, something yeah. like that. And so that turned into, Officially a published I was writer. like, oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is fun. I should keep doing this. Yeah. So, um, I think, yeah, I, I just, was doing both of those at the same time and then that turned into some freelance writing assignments for Metromix and print and that's where I met my editor who like fast forward fun fact is now one of my co-founders of my company okay so she's my boss lady and um I was just like no I I honestly still didn't catch on that this was like a job or a career I just thought it was somebody paying me money to go talk about something I was already doing yeah and nothing wrong with that no no right and like which i think now in hindsight i'd watch both of my parents do that and it makes so much sense that i would have taken that path and um that turned into like some freelance assignments for the the indianapolis star which you know and then at the same time it i got a column in metro mix okay and what was your column called same name yes i'm trying to think if it was actually called adventure i don't think it was called what was it called? Oh my gosh, I don't even remember. That makes me so sad. I have to go look at clippings now. We'll edit it in later. It was good too. I know. Um, but I had a column and it was like, again, just my adventures and yeah. whatever I wanted to write about. And then at the same time, started doing freelance for Indianapolis Star. And then that turned into a column for the Indianapolis Star. That was called The Adventurous. Nice. And so I would go out and just try things, go on different adventures. So I flew planes and swam with dolphins and went around the Indianapolis Motor Speedway with Mario Andretti in a two-seater and did the same thing on the back of a MotoGP bike and um, just like anything went on a hot air balloon I I flew multiple kinds of planes Um, it just it was like but I would also do other random things like dressed up as a Christmas like a Dickens character Christmas caroler and went and caroled at the mall once and like with the people who do that and it was just kind of a way to explore what was happening in our city from a first person perspective but then well and also i mean you're you're living out like this movie character life it's like i'm gonna say yes and try everything kind of yeah kind of and so in people would like would write in and say try this as an adventure try this as an adventure did that match did you find anything like did anything click where you're like i think i've been looking for this or was it just like this is so random and like were you able to 
I'm trying. I don't know. What I'm trying to ask if you were able to like appreciate it in the moment, or if it was yes. like once in a while you just catch yourself and be like. Well, you know, it's kind of like goes back to what we were talking about earlier. I never stuck with one friend group. Not yeah, that I yeah. didn't say, actually, I stuck with every group. That was yeah, the yeah. thing. I just like. Yeah, I was a tribe bon- mingler yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll show up at that party. I was in a punk party, band, but... and then I also went to like the football players party. Exactly. So, yeah. Same. So I think that was like in my nature is to try lots of things. Yeah. And I like to have lots of different experiences. Yeah. And it's fun to be a little bit knowledgeable about everything and to say, like, that I've done these cool things. So, yeah, it, yeah. D- it definitely tapped into that. That's cool. That, like, part of me that likes to try things and yeah. experiment and go on adventures. And um, so that was a really good. But what was also cool about it was I could kind of write about whatever I wanted. So the focus was that it was things that people could also go do, right? Yeah. So it wasn't like, go be a garbage man for the day or something like yeah. that. There had to be some element where people in the city could in some way, shape, or form, like, engage with that same activity. Um, and that, so that was fun because it got other people out and doing things, but also they kind of just gave me free reign to write about other things. So I would write about, like, my mental, like, mental health struggles. I had yeah. anxiety and depression, and so I would talk really openly about that or, you know, just things I was experiencing on a regular basis, personal stuff. I wrote about my mom being sick. About I wrote about um, a friend passing away while waiting for a heart transplant. Like, I wrote about stuff that personal was just personal. Yeah. yeah, and I was, I just, it was that kind of, you know, and this is before everybody was even really sharing their whole life on the internet. Like, yeah. it was, just, that was just starting. I mean, we were just getting into Twitter and Facebook and all of that. And so I was doing that on a very, like, public platform yeah but it was cathartic too because i would get people right in and say that like how much that changed their life or how that was yeah. special to them or that's important I, and I was like this. got it yeah that's <laughs> yes. when it clicked right when you yeah. get that feedback that somebody's getting something yeah. out of something you did or said is that's like, funny because i don't i don't know if you had this but i've had this and some of the stuff that i've like revealed on here and everything and but there's like a fear right um of putting that vulnerability out there but like i've never i've never heard of someone being like you, you like if you say you're depressed like oh you weak bitch like what like no oh, p- please yes a hundred percent that <laughs> happened to me did it really? it's called writing for a newspaper yeah. don't go in the comments but do you oh, i mean I de- did you find the positive you know, no it's weird i that it hurt my feelings like Proving the first couple wrong, times <laughs> no i think i'm the anomaly in the weird like it was never hard for me to share personal things yeah. And then when the, I remember, you know, the first time somebody did say something mean or, yeah. you know, push back, I always appreciated like the actual thoughtful, like, hey, have you thought about it this way? Or, yeah, yeah. you know, that's the constructive criticism. Absolutely. Like, send it my way. With the one word. But, like, <laughs> you're, you know, just like name calling and making yeah, fun yeah. of me or, you know, that whole yeah. like, oh, you're just, they just put a bimbo and she's a pretty girl on the car and then, yeah. and you, you know, there's no substance there. And I would call them out so hard <laughs> and be like, hey, first off, you can say that to my face. I'm right here. Tag me. Let's have a conversation. I would invite them. I got on phone calls with people from time to time. Like, I nice. was not having any of that. And then I was sort of like, Eh, that's a full-time job if I'm going to constantly be, you know, engaging in that. And then it just didn't, I don't know, it stopped, like, it just, a a switch flipped, it stopped bothering me. And that was good, because I got, I think I already had thick skin, but. But you were ready to take it on. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just didn't give it a lot of thought. I just didn't have time for it anymore. Yeah, that's understandable. Well, that's it's good to move past that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, it was like uh, its own version of therapy, you know, yeah. in, a, in a very public way of me just kind of working through, yeah. like, all right, this is something that. And then there's a little bit where I was like, well, you know, they're they're still reading it. Like, I get the same, you know, if I get the same person constantly like yeah, yeah, yeah. emailing me to complain, and I'm like, yet yeah, you're still reading, so there's is- something there. Yeah. And Isn't Pence there? 2018 keep coming. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> yeah, it's um, coming up. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, you mentioned anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. Is that what is? You want to dive into the that status? at all? Status. <laughs> uh, it's so. Well, like, how did you discover that that was something you were struggling with, and then what did you do to? It's an interesting question, Justin. <laughs> well, I realized <laughs> perhaps at some point it was not normal to lay in bed and stare at the ceiling fan <laughs> in tears and not want to get out of bed. I was like, hmm, this doesn't seem. <laughs> Good. You guys not do that? <laughs> Is that not something everybody's doing? Yeah. I will say it took, it did, like, 
not to make light of it, but it it yeah. did take me to a while to realize that that was not just like a normal level of sad, yeah. right? Like there's a difference between having a down day, and yeah. then there's a difference between like oh, yeah. not getting out of bed. There's for a difference days between sadness and depression. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that I didn't catch on to that as no. quick as I, I sh- should have. I find things. Uh, I, my therapist will always call me out on this. I'll, I'll say, um, well, you know how everybody blah, blah, blah. And she'll be like, yes, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Every single time I've ever started something like that. She's always like, everybody doesn't yeah. like, really. We all think our I'm experiences an are so universal. Yeah. Right. And, and they are in many ways, but yeah. it's still not. Everybody. Sometimes it's a real bummer when they're not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah. that, you know, I have to say like, I now look at my dad and I'm like, Oh my God. He has so much anxiety. He yeah. does. He has to ask me. It, it comes out in so many different forms. And, you know, my brother struggles with it. Like, it for sure, um, you know, runs in my family. Yeah. And, um, like, I I very... But I had also been in therapy since I was, like, 14 yeah. for a million different reasons. Um, but I... Actually, that was, there's a whole other story there, too. <laughs> but I... Um, finally so that, that was not hard for like it, it yeah. made like it was easy for me to be like oh okay this is somebody this is something i need to talk about with someone yeah. and it was like not an issue for me i very publicly was like yep zoloff saved the day um and i have been on and off of that you yeah. know f- gosh since i was probably a teenager and um yeah i felt really like it's been in the last you know probably five years a super manageable place i will say like I don't know if it's a hormonal thing or just a parenting thing, but yeah. like anxiety with as a new mom is I real. Like yeah. I'm constantly, I you know, it's my things. Like if I read something in the newspaper or on the news or see something happening, especially if it's to a kid that's my kid's age, yeah. I can't get out of my head. It is on. I can't imagine. Loop, like repeat. <laughs> so that that has been a little bit of a trigger. Yeah. So I'm gonna switch a little bit here. When do you meet your husband? Oh God! So how long are you here till you? Like a first, he just told me the other day that we first ever crossed paths that we can both remember was like ten years ago. He worked in racing okay. at the time too, yeah. um, and but yet I I feel like probably even before that, since his parents had a race team in the series that my dad ran, like we definitely were around each other. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if we were ever introduced, That's but funny. he's also 11 years older than me. So I would have been like, That'll do it. Well, who are you? You're not <laughs> <laughs> my age. Would it go away? Yeah. Um, so then we, he was working um, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And this was when my blog career was starting. And so when I had caught on to the fact that people would pay you money to do this work, yeah. Um, I had a girlfriend who was like, Hey, we were, you know, our marketing team wants, wants like some lifestyle blogging on the website and some racing writing. And I, um, had, yeah, basically she put me in contact with him and said, you know, this is, this is the, the idea that they had. So I did some blogging for them. Um, so we had a professional relationship and then he moved out of the racing industry completely. I lost track of him. He went into the tech world. Okay. Um, I kept doing my writing thing. And then a couple of years ago, we ran into each other, reconnected, like, on LinkedIn. <laughs> and I So was, people I, do use LinkedIn. Yeah. Oddly, yeah. He sent me a LinkedIn request. I was like, yeah. oh, hey. Um, and then ran into each other, actually, around the same time at the grocery store. And I was like, what's new? Oh, my God, it's been years. And I had just gotten out of a relationship. And he was like, I'm going through a divorce. And, like, honestly, it kind of was one of those things that, oh, okay, like, something's here. And it progressed quick. I mean, we moved quick, though, after that. It was, like, engaged, married, kids, like, not for – I don't think that we were felt particularly in any – big hurry i mean he, like no. i said he is older but it was also like okay we're gonna if we were both of the mindset like if we're gonna do this then let's just go ahead and do it yeah. like we don't need to drag this out <laughs> yeah good yeah good for you yeah um it's gone well so far <laughs> so you realize but he keeps saying to me you only get married twice you know <laughs> nice. like, it's funny <laughs> well well i'll look forward to my next yeah, one <laughs> there you go just be on the lookout yeah um <laughs> so you 
realize that you can uh, be a writer yeah. <laughs> and, and get paid for it. Uh-huh. Um, where, when does Indie Maven come along? What is Indie Maven? Yeah. How did that idea sprout into what it is today? So my mom got sick. She had some, like after all the cancer in the last, gosh, like eight years had the series of, um, uh, like little mini strokes essentially. Okay. And, um, kind of just like slowly just general health started not doing well and so there were these probably like honestly 10 different times i'd get a call and she's having an episode i would jump in my car drive to michigan five hours like go to the hospital meet her there she would you know have a little recovery they were always they were always mini but a couple days there i would stay i have to pick up my life so at some point i was like that i I can't keep a full-time job and continue to do this. Like I was, even though my dad was there, it was so much for him. And so I kind of became the secondary caretaker. And I was at some point it got to the point where I was like, you know, I just, I can't keep, I can't keep doing this. I'm just going to focus on my mom for a little bit. So I was fortunate to be in a position where I just went back to freelance writing. And so I could go and be there for her as needed as she was getting out of rehabs or, you know, in home care and just kind of help facilitate that and be there for her and my dad and then she got to the point where she was just seemed really healthy again and felt like it was in a solid place. And at that time, I got a job offer to become the lifestyle editor at Indianapolis Monthly Magazine. Nice. And I had done freelancing. I'd been a freelancer for them for years and years and years. So it was a huge promotion, I'm guessing. It was, Well, I just had never, never been in an editor role before. Yeah. Um, and that freak you out at first? So the, or were you excited? Uh, <laughs> no, because it was... It was the whole section that I, it was lifestyle, which is what I had always done for them. So I knew how it worked. I knew what it needed. I knew what I needed to do. It was like, it was very familiar. So it was, it was very doable. And I wasn't there that long. And then she was, got sick again. Um, So I got, we got married in March. And then that summer she fell down the stairs and we don't know if like she had had a stroke or if then that falling down the stairs caused something in the brain. But essentially, that was just kind of the beginning of the end. And so I went back to freelancing so that I could be there for her through all of that. And like, best decision I ever made. Like, you can, you can go get another job, right? But like yeah. at that time with my mom and oh, yeah. to be able to be there for my dad was just like huge. And I... It's so, f- like, not to keep going back to parenting, but it's been <laughs> fascinating that, like, I mean, I am one, so this is my, my life, but that I learned so much from my mom and that experience and yeah. being a caretaker for her, like, just patience. And, and they're so, it's like m- watching my son learn how to walk was like helping my mom when she couldn't walk and, like, the parallels between, yeah. you know, r- r- like, raising children and caring for parents as they near the end of their life are just crazy crazy and for them to be almost happening like simultaneously slash one right after the other um was helpful in many ways um it was a lot for sure but i uh then so like you said she passed away when i was pregnant i um had my son January 31st. I always get the year wrong. <laughs> he is now two. Okay. So, <laughs> 2017. No. No, 18. See, that's exactly why I get this wrong. We're in 2020 now. Yeah. Uh, every time I call a pediatrician, they're like, we don't have him on file. I'm like, oh, hold on. Try the other year. Try 2018. I, I'm yeah. the worst with dates. So, yeah. That's funny. So, she passed away 2017. He's born in 2018. And after I kept him alive for a year, <laughs> husband helped, obviously. Thank you, Daniel. Um, was like, okay, I think I'm ready to get back into doing some work. I've been doing small freelance work. I'm also the managing editor of uh, AAA's magazine here in Indiana oh, Anna, nice. called Crossroads. Um, so I had been doing that and doing some freelance writing. And around the same time... Um, I kept getting requests to do this event that I, uh, my now current co-founder and former indie yeah. star boss, Amanda Kingsbury, um, she and I had done this event called Style Swap when we were at Indie Star, and it's a clothing swap for women. You buy a ticket, you bring one to two pieces of clothing or an accessory that's like still in good condition. Okay. You turn it over when you check in, then you get to go shop vendors and have drinks and food yeah. and different, you know, get a... Chair massage, just like a fun kind of 
ladies night out targeted event and then while the women are all kind of doing that the clothes get organized and then a certain point in the night they get to go in and they get to like swap slash shop the clothes are all like laid out like a boutique basically and they get to go shopping and take something home so it's eco-friendly and it's networking community building and that was always a really popular event so we had done that three years at indie star and people kept asking me like you're gonna do that again or i'd get emails to the website is this coming back so i said to her i was actually working with a life coach and i said to amanda like look i'm working with this life coach and i need to get myself in order and this is like looming and are we going to do this again or if we're not because if we're not i'm going to like let the domain die and i need to start like i need to get something off my plate because there's all these i like all these ideas that i had and things i wanted to do but i couldn't focus on just one hence the life coach and i was like i know there's a good idea here in all of this but i can't figure out like i wanted to do this website and i wanted to do this newsletter and i wanted to do this event and I wanted to keep writing, and I did, but I just didn't know. I thought I had to pick just one, yeah. so therefore I needed to get everything else out of my brain. And Amanda said, "Yeah, I think I'd be into that. Let's let's look into bringing this event back." So we had a couple meetings, and then I was like, "We were like, you know, we really need somebody else's perspective on this because I kept saying, but like, what if we just did this website and did this newsletter, and it was yeah. just it kept growing into this bigger thing." So. Um, we approached another woman in Indianapolis named Crystal Grave and said, here are our ideas. Like, can you help us, like, get a grasp on this and a perspective? And she did. That was back in April. And then we launched Indie Maven this past October. So. So <laughs> summarize. What, what is, what is yeah. Indie Maven? So that one event is now just one element of this much bigger brand. It's a media platform for women in Indianapolis by women. So there is the website, which is just anymaven.com. And then there's obviously all the social media surrounding that. But there is also a weekly newsletter that goes out on Thursdays called Uncovered, which is kind of like a localized version of the skim. If you're familiar with that newsletter, it's it's like quick hit. Here's what you need to know. Here's there's is what's going on in the world. Right. Um, And ours is what's going on in Indianapolis. Uh, with a heavy lifestyle perspective um, and focus, I should say. And then in addition to that, we have all these events that go on throughout the year, including that style swap event I mentioned. So it's a way um, for women to network, and but not in like that stuffy name tag, show up an event and shake hands way, um, but really kind of building a community. We ended up not originally starting out with the idea that there would be a membership, but we ended up right before we were launching adding a membership because when we were when we kind of took it out and to public and to the market and we're talking to women about it they were like how can i join this is so cool and i was like thank you you just sign up put your email address in and they were like yes but how can i join and i'm like i don't know what you're saying (laughs) (laughs) i don't you just yeah and then i was like oh yeah like they were like, I want to do more. I want to, I want more access. I want to be a part of it. I want to make sure it happens. Yeah. I want to see it come to fruition. So we kind of tested it out. We're like, well, would you be willing to do this membership? And it was like, we started off with two levels and like right away, the, the more expensive one, just they're $50 a year and just started selling and selling and selling. And nice. we were like, oh, okay, there's something to this membership yeah, yeah. concept, which, you know, the whole rest of the world is doing anyway. So <laughs> might as well look into it. And, um, that but like anybody can still read the content the content's free the newsletter's free like all the editorial you know actual journalism side of things all of that is free but the memberships allow people to like get discounted tickets on events and um they get like this whole list of perks from our partners and it's just a way to like engage a little bit more and have a more elevated experience with the brand so that's the other component of it um and it's it's growing and it's doing well and it's doing all the things that we'd hoped it would do so what is that like to see an idea like that come to fruition it's i mean it's largely satisfying right (laughs) of course like and like but it's it's a relief right because you there is that that there's that vulnerability like so i had this idea i actually had a couple ideas and then i put it out loud and said it to a couple people and yeah. then those couple people did what they do best and then they helped it become this and then we all did this together you know and they're just like watching that unfold 
And honestly, in such a short amount of time, like to have something be an idea in April and to have a 200 person launch party followed by another 200 person event in in October and like hit all your goals as far as like advertisers and, and, you know, those memberships and just getting people engaged was just like to this day but at the same time it makes perfect sense to me because there was nothing like this in this market yeah. and there was a need for it yeah. and so i think that it also is just yeah it's, it's it's that satisfaction and but also like um what's the word i'm like like you were onto something right like yeah. affirmation i guess yeah. like the idea that you had that you suspected there might be like a need for yeah it was that was true and you're not crazy and you saw something <laughs> and our whole thing is like filling in gaps that we see in the market because there are people that are already doing what they do really really well yeah. we just kind of saw well like but but what about this group of people and this group of people and this group of people and like how can we best advocate for them because their voices aren't being heard so we've just worked really really hard to make sure that we are talking to as wide of a diverse audience of possible you know as possible yeah. obviously focused on women but we've we've got some male subscribers too and even a few male writers now and then that sounds like you like um really cultivated and managed like partnerships and relationships at the beginning to make this happen mm-hmm. um i mean i i don't i don't know where what i'm trying to ask <laughs> well it's i think that it, that's a key part of the success of what we're doing is that yeah. we knew our market. And so we knew we, st- I mean, we approached our friends first, right? Yeah. Like the businesses that I had known and had relationships with for years because of my career, I was like, that's a safe place to start. And they'll tell me if this sucks and if I'm an <laughs> idiot. Right. And yeah. not only did they not tell me that they were like, yes, I would like to give you money and I would like to see this happen. And I was like, well, okay. You know, and that is like, speaks to the power just Indianapolis has a really great community um, of people who are supportive of one another and that that obviously yeah played a huge role a it just built confidence but b I mean it helped us get started so like I really really value those people who came on right away even the ones who were like I don't totally get it but I trust you (laughs) Right. Like that's huge to, I don't take that for granted from, you know, that somebody would say, here's some money. I don't (laughs) totally get what you're going to do with it, but it sounds good. And I'm, you know, and so I think too, there's just the pressure to make sure that I am like fulfilling all of the promises to all of the people. And I take that responsibility really seriously too. I think that's, that's probably key and and necessary and, I mean, yeah, to Um, make a business run, like you should fulfill this. But to execute an idea, I I think from scratch, um, to not only take on that responsibility, but have that passion from the beginning, um, necessary to even make it come to fruition. Uh, In hindsight, like looking back at the beginning days of starting that and going from, I mean, the journey from like doing blog posts to where you're at now. (laughs) Yeah, that that's kind of crazy. Yeah, but I think that's proof too of like just not letting people tell you what you can't you know i i've been asked that question recently a lot like what what would be the advice that i that you know we didn't wait for anyone to like give us permission to do this and i i did sit around for a while i kept thinking somebody's gonna approach me to see if i want to do you know and finally i was like oh that call's not coming so i guess i should probably just (laughs) i have to make the call (laughs) yeah and but also i when i first took it out there too i was i wanted it's like i wanted someone to say this is a good idea yes you should do this and maybe that's what those initial you know partnerships did and those conversations did where that was a little bit of permission i guess so to speak but also like don't wait for it right so maybe that was some form of it but at the end of the day it wasn't like people have almost asked us like in a roundabout way like who's who said you could do this or who <laughs> who's actually behind who, this because surely it's not you you know and, and i don't think they mean that to be like insulting yeah. it's just it was not a small feat yeah. and you know to to be kind of like at the level name wise at least you know here locally of course yeah. but 
that that people are pitching us like people are wanting to come work for us and write for us and they're pitching us stories and they're finding us and they're reaching out to us about partnerships like that has made this job so much easier a but yeah. also that's cool because that means that they're we're doing something right do you find you're able to kind of like live in the moment and appreciate that or is that something you typically find in hindsight <laughs> I, I had to like learn that lesson um, and a few people had to check me because I would be like, and then they want us to do, you know, and then it, and I would get sort of like flustered by it. And yeah. they're like, hold on. You're telling me that like you have so many partners at this point, you <laughs> like don't know what to do. Yeah. Right. Or, or like, I like a, this, like, this is not a problem, mm. right? Like this is something you're going to have to figure out how to do, but like, people supporting you is is not a bad thing yeah. and i was like no no no, it, it's not that it's a bad thing it's just that you know there's there's these challenges around it and how am i going to do this and i would get caught up just in like the execution of it yeah. i would forget to stop and be like that was a win i definitely need to celebrate that yeah. i went very quickly from like so excited about it, the first person that signed on and within three i was just like what's the next one right and yeah. not that i didn't appreciate it but i just was like in that mode yeah I mean, that's for starting something. That's the mode to be. (laughs) Yeah. I just, uh, I always see a lot of people struggle to kind of like, you know, be in the present of something mm -hmm. like that instead of, in hindsight, you can look at stuff like, oh, wow, that was really crazy when I did that. Yeah. (laughs) But. I'm So I'm trying to slow down. Yeah. And. But keep the, keep the fire though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the whole thing. Like when people talk about you know, work-life balance and all that. I'm like, no, I, I, that, I mean, that's not easy. It's something I work at for sure. But yeah. I think it's, I struggle more about like with that balance yeah. of like, how do you keep something like a fire and like a drive and yeah. excitement while also pausing and enjoying the moment? And, <laughs> yeah. Cause they, they're kind of counterintuitive, right? Yeah. Like keep going, don't stop at the same time, slow down, yeah. stop, pause, <laughs> enjoy it. Those are two, those are mixed messages. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a tightrope. Yeah, yeah, so that's been a challenge. But yeah, um, I don't know. If, I don't know if there's anything we we didn't cover so far. There's my whole life. Um, One. Yeah, we try to we try to summarize people's lives. <laughs> that, no, you cover a lot, um, actually. That is that's a ton. I haven't talked about that much of myself in a long time. But. See, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I don't have anything else. I think I'm, unless there's something that I didn't touch on that you wanted to talk about. Um, not really. I mean, yeah, I just, and I mostly I'm just focused on making sure that I, you know, just like continue to deliver and making sure that we're, you can't make everybody happy, but I'm really proud of like the content that we create and put out. First off, we turn out an incredible amount of content for how small our team is like, that's Every great. week we've got professionally written. We pay everyone that works with us. Yeah. That's really important to me. I can't, I, you can't say that you value and uplift women and yeah. then be like, but can you work for free? Yeah. So that's really important to me. I'm, I'm really proud of what we built. I just want to like, my focus is on maintaining that and growing it really slow and steady. Yeah. Cause you just see a lot of people get, it's easy to get excited and, and like overcommit. And what is, what is that like being, so you mentioned when you like first got offered to write like for the Metro blog and mm-hmm. stuff, what is it like being that person for those like new writers or, or those people like you're the one that gets to oh, give that yeah. person their first like paid writing gig. Maybe, yeah. Or, like, yeah. That's... Turn that light bulb on. I mean, that's, have you ever stopped to like think about because that's, I, actually, that's kind yeah, of cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some, like we've got some very seasoned writers, which I yeah. can't believe actually even want to write for us. And I'm so appreciative <laughs> that they do. Um, like our executive editor, her background has been in women's magazines, Abby Gardner. She was at, she still writes for glamor to this day. Mm-hmm. She's been at, Marie Claire, I mean, just a million, all of the women's mags that you would yeah. know about. She was beauty editor. She's had this incredible career. And like, here she is, <laughs> like launching Indie Maven with us. And That's awesome. she's got a very cool story as well. But, you know, we talk about that a lot. Like, we're so lucky to have so many, you know, great writers in general. But it, it's also fun to like find new writers and think. Yeah. And I know for a fact that one, this was her first freelance writing job ever and she does stuff for us weekly now and she does a great job like for sure you know room to grow but i'm like oh man so that's what i 
you know, and it, what's yeah. what's really full circle is to have, you know, one of my co-founders, Amanda, yeah. be now like working with her on something like that, where she, I used to be her little cub reporter, yeah. and you know, like we have had an incredible like friend. I just grown a friendship out of it, yeah. but professional career like together and it has been so fun to watch that like morph and you know become peers and yeah and like i'm so proud to like make her proud kind of thing too that's that's been cool but yeah it's fun to look back and and i want to be because it's also not easy like that i really was very lucky that people kept asking me like things just kind of fell into my lap and i not to say i didn't work for things but like hey, you want to do this? And it was just me saying, yeah, sure. But the fact is I was lucky that people were asking that question of me. Yeah. So I want to provide that, those same opportunities. Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, that's that's cool to be in the position to do that and to be that, like, inspiration that maybe you had in someone else yeah. when you were younger. And um, yeah. I mean, that's just got to be rewarding on a certain level that's... Well, and to, te- like, to remind people, either remind them or teach them, too, like, about their worth. Because, yeah. they're, you know, I <laughs> the number of times I wrote for exposure, right, yeah. when I was starting out, which was important. I definitely say do that a few times because you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. Um, but then eventually, like, you can't pay bills with exposure. And we can't, again, say that we value yeah. women and then say work for free. So it's, like important to me to make sure now we're still a startup and I don't have the biggest budget ever but like believe me if you're if I'm going to work with you like you're getting paid in some way because you're worth it and so that I think that I you know outside of Amanda I didn't have a lot of people telling me like you know you could charge for that right and I would just give (laughs) I would give you know I would do marketing advice and I would just give advice and I would help people and I wanted to but then at some point I was like, oh, oh, wait, other people are actually charging for this. Yeah. Or it was, you know, when you become the writer, somebody knows, like, can you just write up this press release? Or can you write up this? And can you do this quickly? And you want to help. But then it's, the, you know, it's the whole, like, creative field thing, oh, right? Yeah. Like, it's not, right, it's not real work. And <laughs> yeah. that, so that, to me, is just from the standpoint of while we are a media outlet and, you know, definitely we believe very strongly in following, like, you know, journalism and ethics and all of yeah. those kinds of things. I'm also like, this is still a cre- like those worlds are blending. And that's what I wanted this to be is yeah. like that's taking good. the things that I was seeing happening and like with influencers and, and, you know, on Instagram and all this stuff and taking the stuff that I loved about traditional journalism and pairing it with the stuff that I was seeing that was new and, you know, fresh and from, you know, a more creative approach but like marrying those things together but with that means like don't work for free yeah Yeah. Yeah, uh, my lawyer gets paid i should get paid (laughs) yeah i played i've played and done stuff at a lot of weddings for a lot less money than i should have over the years yeah and then like the beginning you you need to learn right like because you're like oh but i also like yeah, Learn finding finding your worth, um, especially in the creative world, is yes. incredibly difficult. Because yes. I mean, the those for until you do it, you're no one's gonna give you like no one's gonna assign that worth to you. You know uh-huh. what I mean? You have to kind of figure it out and sometimes test the waters. Be like this, like keep going higher until yeah. someone says no, and then maybe find <laughs> yeah. find that good help. And even you being confident when you say Absolutely. your rate, right, and yeah. not saying like. You know, oh, yeah, oh, this is my rate. Is that okay? Yeah. Well, if it's your rate, then yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Like, if I can't afford it, that's one thing. But don't ask yeah. me. Don't if, give them an out when you're yeah, first. Yeah. So it. those like little tiny lessons were yeah. so helpful for me, and I just don't think that enough people offer that for creative. It's like it's it's almost like with creatives, it's like this secret that you yeah. have to figure out. Yet every other profession, yeah. people just very very generously and open openly like explain how this works right and it's very cut and dry and you go to the doctor and it costs this much and do this and it costs this much and there's like this 
ambiguous like will we even get paid i constantly you know i love being able like that happened this morning when a writer was interested and said but is this you know is this paid and i was like yes i love being able to say that i will pay you it's not going to be a ton but we will definitely pay you and and honestly i'm proud of what we pay it is competitive for for where we are so yeah i think that's probably that's probably the best advice is for anybody creative like figure out your worth yeah (laughs) and you know don't be afraid to get paid (laughs) i i also like maybe to a fault i'm probably too transparent sometimes but i i i think it's hard i remember like trying to set my rates and just guessing yes people say oh just look it up on the internet so you're telling me i can get paid from ten (laughs) dollars to ten thousand dollars that's essentially what i just found on the internet so thank you that was super helpful well yeah when you look that up the range that you could get right. paid for writing is like well and the other thing is i think that there ridiculous. should be more responsibility on the publication too to say yeah. this is what we pay yeah like and i'm not saying i we make anywhere from a hundred dollars to ten thousand like, dollars <laughs> yeah i can give you a general like you yeah, know i can tell you what we pay and that i don't i hated that feeling like yeah. i'm gonna tell you i could be hundreds of dollars off right it could be thousand and you're not going to tell me any yeah. different because you're just going to be like well, a good yeah. price or a bad price and you're going to take see, it see now you can be in a place where you can start to change that yeah <laughs> so good Although for you I honestly probably pay too much because i was looking at like <laughs> magazine rates and like yeah. what people you know like print and also monthly generally speaking not yeah. you know like weekly so that took some figuring out but yeah. we, won't, we won't get into the specifics yeah, <laughs> <of that. laughs> yeah. But that that's awesome. Yeah. Anything else? Congrats. This is no, cool. I'm Thanks. Good. This is fun. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah, I really like it. All right. You just heard my interview with Leslie Bailey. Um, God, what a what a great conversation. I really enjoyed talking to her. She had so much to say about the the events that happened in her life and her career and it's the finding your own worth as a creative, um, just a lot of really great points and fascinating story and the stuff that she's kind of come out of and gone through and the obstacles that I think, I feel like at times she didn't even know she had the obstacles in front of her that she did and then came to be where she is. So that was, I mean, that was really great sitting down with her. And I hope anybody out there in the creative field, uh, took something away from that where, it's such an awkward thing. And I know we talked about it, so I'm not going to like beat a dead horse here, but, uh, knowing your worth and being able to confidently ask for that when you're doing your services, whether, you know, you're a writer a musician or, um, photographer, anything, uh, really where you bid out your personal skills to somebody kind of pricing yourself out correctly is so important. So, I appreciate that being said in there and thank you guys so much for listening and rating and reviews. How is everybody doing? I just want to like take a second and check in with everybody. Like what's going on? How are you? What are you? What <laughs> is everybody healthy? Um, this, these are crazy times. And even though I'm recording this introduction on Sunday and this podcast will get released Monday, things could be completely different, especially Monday. Cause when they do, you know, lockdowns and more stricter quarantines and release new numbers, like a lot of that stuff ends up starting on a Monday. Uh, I don't know where, what state you guys are in. I know each state's doing things a little differently, but each country, cause I know we have listeners around the world and, uh, I'd love to, I'd love to hear your guys' experience. What's going on. Um, s- if you're bored and, and self-isolating or quarantine and you have a minute, shoot me an email, uh, justinsfriendrequest at gmail.com. It's J-U-S-T-I-N-S-F-R-I-E-N-D-R-E-Q-U-E-S-T at gmail.com. Really had to spell that out. Justinsfriendrequest at gmail.com. Let me know what you're doing. Let me know how the uh, isolation and the quarantine's going. I mean, we're social animals, so this is... This is a pretty unique. I've had to reschedule um, three interviews so far because, you know, I can't sit two feet across from somebody and have a conversation with them for a couple hours uh, in the current state. It's, it's very, it's very strange. So I would love to hear what's going on with you guys and see how you're holding up and if there's anything I can do. Uh, 
and if, and if there isn't, maybe just sharing each other's stories of what's going on can be helpful. I know when it comes to this podcast, sharing stories is, is what it's all about. So hopefully I connected with somebody and Leslie connected with somebody. And if you want to find out more about her and what she does, you can check out IndieMaven.com. Um, you find them on Facebook, on Instagram, all the good social media places, Twitter, if you know how to use that, unlike me. And if you have a second, and I imagine a lot of us have a lot of extra time right now, uh, please drop in on Apple Podcasts app and give me a little five-star rating and a review, or stop by Facebook and do a little review for friend request, uh, recommendation, uh, anything like that helps us out a lot. I'm trying to get as much out there as I can during these times when we're all kind of stuck at home. And for those of you that are forced to go out um, because of your work, maybe you work in healthcare, maybe you just have a shitty boss, um, thank you. Thank you for going out there and doing that. Really, really strange times. I'd love to hear your guys' stories. Once again, it's justinsfriendrequest at gmail.com. And I'll talk to you guys next week. March is uh, almost over. we got one more episode in March been promoting a lot of great people that I've got to sit down with. Um, I'm so excited about it. So stick around, be healthy, be safe, think positive thoughts, listen to these episodes. They're inspiring to me. I'm sure they're inspiring to others too. Okay. I love you guys. Thank you so much.